Athens? No. It's the great before. This is where new souls get their personalities, quirks, and interest before they go to Earth. Meet 22. I don't want to go to Earth. Stop fighting this. I don't want to. Uh. <laughs> okay, look, I already know everything about Earth, and I don't want anything to do with it. You're missing out on the joys of life, like uh, pizza. I can't smell. We can't. We can't taste either? All that stuff is in your body. No smell, no taste. Or touch. See? Okay, I get it. Wow. Apple Card is the perfect cash back rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase, every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple. 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co forward slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch, subject to credit approval, terms apply. On May 10th, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes is coming to IMAX and theaters everywhere. What a wonderful day! This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. They stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Only in theaters May 10. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Welcome to TV Concierge. I am your very temporary host, Rob Harvilla, joined here today by the great Shea Serrano, and we are discussing Soul, the new Pixar film, which debuted exclusively on Disney Plus on Christmas Day. I have three kids. Shay has three kids. We each watched Soul at home with our respective kids. We will discuss now whether you out there <laughs> should watch the movie alone or with your own respective kids. That's what's happening. That's what's up. Shay, how are you? <laughs> Happy holidays. Are you in good spirits? I'm in First. great spirits now that I have okay. officially heard your podcast voice, which is <laughs> very awesome. professional. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um I suppose I will start by saying I I enjoyed Soul very much. I think I thought it was minor Pixar. You know, it's not going to crack my top five, and I am grateful for that. It was the day after Christmas. My wife and I were quite exhausted, you know, physically and otherwise. The kids were all keyed up. You know, I was in no mood for the first ten minutes of Up. You know, I was in no mood for the last 10 minutes of Coco, even though Coco is still my favorite Pixar movie. I did not need to be emotionally devastated or even particularly emotionally moved at this time. Uh, The director of Soul, Pete Docter, has directed a few Pixar movies, I believe, Up and Monsters, Inc. and Inside Out from 2015. Inside Out was the most harrowing cinematic experience of the 21st century for me so far. I saw it with my son. He was four. I cried the entire time. It was like a depiction of the death of childhood. Every time I talk about Pixar, I talk about how upset Inside Out made me. I was very worried about soul, but I found it to be very light, you know, just very pretty to look at and listen to and think about, but it did not bring with it the usual sort of Pixar adult devastation that you get from Inside Out or like Toy Story 3 or Up or Coco. How did it 
how did it land for you? Wait, what are your, this isn't, so this doesn't make your top five, but what are your top five? Well, let's see. Coco is definitely number one. I did this. That's my I number one this, too. All right. Awesome. Awesome. I did this with Sean for the big picture and I forget it now and I'm not going to get it right. Toy Story 3 is way up there. Uh, mm-hmm. Wall-E is a movie that like every time I rewatch that a lot and every time I do, I get more out of it. Like that's one of the biggest growers. You have for three me. out of three of my top five with me right now. Keep going. All right. What are the last we are, two? We are perfectly aligned. Probably the original Incredibles. I'm out. Okay, that's we we're doing so well, Shay. We were, where, we where, how do you round? How do you round yours out? I have Coco, Toy Story three, mm-hmm. Inside Out, Wally, Oof. and my my surprise pick is Cars, which that's is just quite a very, surprising. Yes, it's a very touching movie for me. But I think I think uh, Soul for me bumps Cars out of the top five. I think in the it, top five. All right, it makes it in there. Yeah, yeah. Wait, so it's interesting you mentioned the whole like emotional aspect of it or the thing that Pixar has gotten into lately where they're like, you know what? We're just going to fucking squeeze your chest until something comes out of you. Exactly. They had done that over and over and over again. I had the same sort of feeling with Inside Out. The part mm-hmm. when when sadness is just comforting Bing Bong, it was just a little oh. too much for me to deal with. Bing Bong, but, yeah. But like in a very beautiful way. The same thing with Toy Story 3. They hit you a couple of times. The trash um, compactor when they all join hands. Oh, when they yeah. when they hold hands, it's just mm-hmm. rough. And then at the end, when when Andy is doing his whole like, here's who each character is and teaching why teaching the girl, yeah, 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 yeah. So, so those were like sad movies because of those parts to watch. Same with Coco, the end when he sings with his grandma. Soul went. I was expecting it to be like that thing, but it went mm-hmm. the opposite direction for me. It's very life affirming. And it yes. made me feel good about mm-hmm. like all because you're watching it and you're like, oh, okay, cool. His spark, the thing that he's like put on the earth to do is play the jazz piano or whatever. And like, oh, I wonder what my thing is. My thing writing is my thing being a dad. Is my thing being a husband? Like, what's my thing? And then you get to the end. Yeah. Podcasting is it? Podcasting. Then you get to the end and they're like, it's just being alive and like living and being right. with your people. And you're like, oh shit, that makes me feel so much better because I thought like, <laughs> had I waste, did I waste my life? Like I was going through the same sort of shit that Joe was. And then at the end, right. they're like, no, you didn't. You did all this stuff you're supposed to do. I'm like, fuck yeah. I felt okay. great. I felt great Excellent. when it was over. All right. Well, that's great to hear. I, I didn't feel terrible when it was over. It was just, it was a, like a movie about death, but it never feels like capital D death, right? Like yeah. you're never, I was rooting for Joe, but I was never worried about him. Like he's so unhappy for a lot of the movie. Like his spark is playing piano, but he's been sort of thwarted in his dreams. You know, like he has, he seems to have very few like personal relationships, like his big emotional scene with his mom. Like he is a cat. He is in a mm-hmm. cat's body technically at the time. Like it's 10 minutes into up, like you're crying because you care so much, you know, about this married couple, you know, the last 10 minutes of Coco, you're crying because you know, the relationship with this kid and his great grandmother. I, but, but Soul just felt more abstract to me, but like in a good way, like it was just pretty to look at and listen to and think about, but it, it, I never worried about the characters the way that I've had to worry about most Pixar characters, even like the Toy Story toys, you know, it was just, it was, it was more of an abstract sort of thing. And like, I don't really know if my kids grasped, you know, 20% of the larger sort of existential questions of it. Like how old are yours now? The twins are 13 and the younger Mm -hmm. one is eight. Okay. So what was their read on it? Did they just think it was funny or did they 
like grasp it. No, they did. They weren't. They weren't so concerned with understanding the like larger philosophical implications of the movie. Sure. They were just like the baby, especially. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's funny. He doesn't know how to walk. <laughs> or look at that cat. Look at that cat making yes. doing cat thing. Like you know the cat, that sort of the cats. Yeah, that sort of stuff. The cat going up the staircase alone, I think, was the single funniest part of the whole movie for me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Poop, pooping out the pizza, you know, that's a classic. That's a classic cartoon. I really like that part. Yeah, yeah, that was absolutely. fun. That was fun. So yeah, I, I I did not. I I love that you found it life affirming, and I I did to a degree, but I was just more relieved that I did not sink into despair at the end of it, as I somehow have after many other Pixar movies. Like the last movie I saw in a theater. This year with my kids was Onward, was the previous last oh, that's Pixar tough. movie. That's, that's a tough. tough one. I mean, that's just, that's a movie about a dead dad. And I'm sitting there as a dad, I got, I'm flanked by my boys and I'm like, one day I'm going to die and they will mm-hmm. see me as like a pair of sentient pants. And it's like, I really, this is, there's not enough cherry Coke in the world for me to really deal with this right now. And so it was, it was very nice just to sort of sit on my couch the day after Christmas and not sort of contemplate my own mortality for a change while watching a cartoon. Yeah, I did you did you like read anything about this movie or know anything about it going into it? Very little. I mean, I try not to. The one thing I knew it like just being a music person like this is the score is by Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross, Trent Reznor <laughs> of course of 9 Inch Nails, you know, now they've got this sideline they won an Oscar for the Social Network. They did like The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. They did that Bird Box movie with Sandra Bullock. Like this is their first kids movie. You know, this is their first time like writing music in a major key. They did the Watchmen soundtrack that was wonderful. And so like I, as just a sort of a music nerd person, the main thing that I did know and was expecting going into it was like, here comes the Nine Inch Nails guy, you know, scoring a Pixar movie. And what's that going to be like? And like, I, it was awesome, honestly. Like I want to, I'm going to get into that soundtrack as writing music. I think our friend Sean Fennessy tweeted about that they're like this is now in the writing music rotation right i thought when I, I didn't know anything about it going in yeah i thought it was gonna be like a like an inside out situation i didn't know somebody mm-hmm. i didn't know joe was gonna die so they're doing right. the whole they're doing the whole thing he's like walking past all the dangerous stuff nothing is happening and then he drops down i thought that was like the gag like ha 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 he missed all the crazy <laughs> stuff and now right. he just fell down a hole and then they like play it out and you're like, oh fuck, he died? He died. <laughs> like they killed they killed off the main guy this early it's, in the movie. I, I think watching it backwards like that, like it's like structurally it's the opposite of of Coco where you're like approaching death at the end of the movie mm-hmm, and it's right. inevitable and you know it's coming and you know, you know you're gonna have to say goodbye to this character, to Mama Coco. Here when he dies early on, you're like, oh okay, well that was done and it's fast. They must right. be working their way toward him coming back now. And yes. so like a, a part of me was like squinting a little bit to see, is he going to stay dead? But I felt mm-hmm. like he, there was not really a chance of that happening. That was the only part I was a little like, yeah, I need to see what happens here. Or right. I need to see like, I need to see what, what 22 spark was. I need to have somebody <laughs> say it out loud so that I know for sure, like whatever. But it was fun. It was a, it was a fun movie. I spent a lot of it not knowing that it was Jamie Foxx who was the main right. character. I right, kept hearing right. like hints of his voice in there. Who did you think ne- it was? Who were your I, other I, guesses? I thought it was like no, somebody that I'd never heard of before. Okay. I um, definitely didn't expect Tina Fey, you know, and especially Tina Fey voicing a black man in a barbershop. That's, I, I'm glad I hadn't read that 
particular detail before I <laughs> yeah, saw yeah, the yeah. movie. That's just, yeah. did not expect to spend my day after Christmas with Tina Fey <laughs> and a black man in a barbershop. It's fascinating. I just, for a movie, it would have been pushing two hours if they had added this. I was sort of bummed. The end felt a little abrupt to me in that we did not get to see Joe enjoying life now. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And we did not get to see like 22 at all, like in IRL, right? Like I, what, I, what I thought the movie was building to the whole time was like a touching reunion of Joe and 22 on Earth, you know? And if 22 is like a baby or like a little kid or something, like I didn't know how they were going to do it, but it felt like that's what you were building to is like this, this very touching scene where they yeah. meet on Earth and now they together are enjoying like the little moments in life. And like we, right. we stopped sort of right short of that. And I guess that's sophisticated in its way. But, but yeah, I was a little surprised at the abruptness of the ending. I, I would have liked that. I would have liked one of those like uh, 11 years later. Mm, right. And, right he's, exactly. and he's in the, and he's in his classroom teaching and a, and a student walks in and they like share a look. They don't even have to say who it is, but they share a look and they're like, Oh man, hold on a second. Shay, you just cool. wrote a better ending to this movie. That would have been that's, cool. That's fantastic. <laughs> this is this is your spark. Shay is is writing better endings. Rewriting the end of Pixar movies for movies. <laughs> no thanks. I, no thanks. Let me ask you. Let me ask you a question. I um, this movie came out on Disney Plus, streaming on Disney Plus, and like we've we've read so much about. You know, like Wonder Woman debuting on streaming on Christmas Day. Wonder Woman was terrible, by the way. Did you watch Wonder Woman? I have, I, I have not. I kept seeing how bad it was, and I was like, "Holy oh, crap!" It's in, yeah. This 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 is this was way better. But like, we're talking a lot about what this means for the future of movies and the future of movie theaters. And like, I I love going to movie theaters with my kids. You know, I'm sort of respectful of that argument and that concern. But I gotta say. As a father of three, you know, now with a baby in the house, this new thing where every movie debuts more or less like at home, it's fucking awesome. Honestly, like just for me personally, because like I can't, I can't leave the house to see a movie unless it's for work, quote unquote. And so for me personally, this is just a way better system. But still, even with the kids, you're not into it. You want the theater. I want to go to the theater. I want to sit in the chair and smell the smells and. Look up at smells. the big screen. I feel like if Wonder Woman had come out on a theater screen, people would have said it was like at least 30% not as bad. I like agree the, with that. that. Like that's part of it. Seeing it gigantic. Same with Tenet. I watched Tenet at home. Ugh, yeah. And I'm like, what the fuck? I, I probably would have <laughs> liked it a lot more. I still right. wouldn't have understood it in the movie theater, but it would have been cool to see everything going backward in the movie theater. It would To feel the seat sort of rumbling with that mm-hmm. big AVX yes. surround something like, I I, I miss that. I miss giant that thing of popcorn. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. No, I I respect that. What was the best kids movie that you saw in twenty twenty? The Invisible Man. <laughs> <laughs> that was the last movie we went and saw at the theater and life affirming, definitely life affirming. The Invisible Laramie Man. and the twins went. The baby didn't go. Okay, but the twi- good. The, the twins are super into scary movies. Oh so the trailer God. came out for that one. And I'm a big, I'm a big Peggy from Mad Men fan. Sure, absolutely. And I was like, oh, we gotta see this. And then I saw it was Lee Wanell, and I'm like, oh, we mm-hmm. definitely. And then Blumhouse, the thing came up, and I'm like, for sure. We're all it was like all of the stuff that I like. <laughs> yes. And so we went and watched that one at the movie theater, and we walked out of it like, hell yeah. Yeah, the that twins the were best. into it as well. They were super into it. Oh man, super my kids won't it. even watch the Mandalorian anymore. They get freaked out when the Mandalorian <laughs> like like shoots, you know, a womp rat or whatever. Yeah, it's we're, we went, we're not there yet. We went a long time before they got. They probably got in scary movies like 
18 months ago, maybe two years ago. They started watching them with their cousins and then it became like a thing they did with their friends. So like they went, we went to the, they took them to the, Laramie took them to the theater to go see It too, And it was just like, it was like a group of like seven, seventh graders right. all just oh. in the, like I, they probably had the, they had the time of their life. You know what I'm saying? Okay. They came right. They came running out like super pumped, whatever. But yeah, The Invisible Man. That was that was the best <laughs> kids movie of the year for us. So you don't have to deal anymore at their ages with like the super kiddie stuff. Like the worst kids movie I saw this year was Scoob. Scoob exclamation. We did not point. watch no. Scoob. No, you don't have to deal with Scoob. You don't got to deal no. with Trolls World Tour. We didn't do Trolls World okay. Tour. The Thank baby goodness. is not, not like super into movies like that. Okay. So Sonic he, the he, Hedgehog. Sonic was great. Yeah, Sonic I like was Sonic. Really, Jim Carrey was going for it in that movie, he and really I appreciated was. it. I appreciated it. That was that the was full real, Jim Carrey really experience. Yeah, yeah. So, so Saul, to wrap up here, I think it, so. It cracks the top five. You think that's uh, for for I, me? Yeah, it's in there. Yeah, it's yeah, it's, it's in there. I, I don't know if like rewatching it again if it's going to move up or down. I have it at number five right now. Okay, I don't know if yeah. rewatching it four or five times is going to go up a spot or two or down a spot or two. But yeah, that's where I, I have it at the moment. Okay, I don't think I start in the top five, but I did sort of, it's a grower, you know, the same way, again, Wally is a grower, and I don't really know what the connective tissue between those two movies is, but it's a movie that I imagine I'll be thinking about, you know, and like listening to the soundtrack, and like, I'm sure I would find new things to really enjoy about it when we go back to it, you know, but it's, 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 it's not going to quite bump off The Incredibles yet, but this is, this is a good starting place for both of us. All right. So wonderful to talk to you again, Shay. Hope your family's well. Yeah, yours too. Wait, how old are your kids? You didn't tell me. Oh, geez. My kids are nine, seven, and two months. So, ew, you have a two month old? Ew. Holy crap. Yeah. <laughs> you still got 18 more years to go with that one. Oh, uh, that's right. We got a lot of scoobs in our future, <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> Thank you very much, everybody, for listening to this extremely professional edition of TV Concierge. I'm Rob Marvilla. That is Shay Serrano. We'll see you next time. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.